Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. You get the idea. Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. Maybe I should stop saying all of those, but it's just a good idea, I guess. Great to be on board once again today. Unfortunately, again, another weird, weird game. Luckily, the Vikings did win, so I don't know why I'm saying unfortunately. The Vikings did win, but it was a weird kind of back-and-forth drama fest once again. So, am I super confident? Do I have a ton of faith in how things are heading? Not necessarily. It is kind of cool, though, to see uh, a Vikings offense that's actually fairly clutch time and time again, particularly Kirk Cousins, who's actually getting the job done every single time the Vikings have an opportunity to win or tie a game late uh, in multiple occasions. It's kind of cool to see. Uh, the defense has not been clutch at all in a lot of cases, even though they actually, I thought they had a fairly good game, generally speaking. They they made Sam Darnold uh, have a really bad uh, uh, completion percentage. No, no, no. His receivers kept dropping passes over and over and over. It was... I would have like I would have cut Robbie Henderson after the game. I'd be like, dude, get your head out of your ass or you're gone. I don't care how good he sort of is. God, the guy he is just a oh, obnoxious. Like he's more worried about his freaking hairdo than catching the freaking ball when you're getting paid to catch the the ball and stuff. It's annoying. Like, yay, nice beautiful hairdo you have in your profile picture too. I mean, do we need a 3D camera for that? Maybe maybe virtual reality just to see his hair? I mean, I, seriously. like that, That's all people care about, it seems like. They're more interested in how they look than how they play. Just just, just catch the ball. That's that's your job, catch the ball, Robbie Anderson. Thanks for dropping him, though. We, we appreciate that. He dropped about four passes today. Of course, he caught a big touchdown late. Yeah, yeah, he was wide open. I mean, if he doesn't catch that, they'd be pounding him into the turf, probably with their fists at the end of the day, and, which I would probably... Be like, ha-ha, yeah, that's what you get. Catch the ball, you moron. Justin Jefferson, I don't, he continues to struggle off and on, even though he had a good, he had some good moments, and he fumbled in, in a play. It was really irritating, actually. It wasn't the dumbest thing I ever saw, but it certainly wasn't the best. It was another one of those underneath plays, trying to get through traffic, and he fumbled the ball. Luckily, that would be the Vikings' only major turnover. That'd be the Vikings' only turnover in the game today, thank God generally speaking. Uh, we appreciate that part. It's just still extremely frustrating to uh, have such a back-and-forth game when it probably could and should have been a blowout. This this should have been a blowout. If the Vikings were actually a halfway serious team, it, it would have been a blowout. It, it would have. Um, it's crazy when you think about that. I don't know what I'm looking at. Uh, yeah, I guess the Vikings, yeah, they fumbled the ball four times but only lost once. That's the darndest thing of all. They fumbled the ball Four times in the game. Four. Luckily, only once. That was the Justin Jefferson. Uh, God, that was crazy. Off and on. Frustrations throughout the game. Cousins and, and I, I don't even know what the fumble there. But luckily, it was recovered. What a weird day. Weird overall day. Vikings forced multiple fumbles and recovered both of them in the game. Thankfully, again, uh, the Vikings defense today, generally speaking, was pretty good with the exception of the run defense up the gut seems to continue to be a weakness and uh, a frustrating situation again obviously the pass rush was good generally speaking but Tomlinson had a uh, pretty crucial pretty painful 
face mask penalty that ended up uh, keeping a Carolina drive alive, and it would have been fourth down. would have been a sack and everything. It was a sack. It was fourth down, and then it was a face mask, of a 15-yard penalty that obviously got things moving in the right direction for Carolina pretty quickly. That could be a major momentum changer as the game progresses, frustrating a lot of people. Eric Kendricks was able to get a sack. Dalvin Tomlinson ended up sharing one. He would have had one and a half if not for that uh, situation there. Armand Watts, that was big time. James Lynch, I'm really liking James Lynch. I think he keeps getting better and better every week. Really impressed. Uh, nice mid-round draft pick for the Vikings a couple years back now. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander keeps getting better and better. Obviously, generally speaking, Cameron Dancer was burned on the touchdown with uh, Robbie Anderson late. He was playing, obviously, because of uh, hamstring or cramp or whatever they're saying. Injury with uh, Patrick Peterson. He ended up having to leave the game late in the fourth quarter. That was frustrating after making a uh, nice defensive play, knocking the ball away or de- denying the pass. They didn't actually count it as a pass deflection. But uh, Patrick Peterson, again, continues to be pretty solid. But then uh, it looked like a hamstring. Then they're saying it was a cramp later on afterward. We'll have to wait and see how that turns out. DJ Wanham, excellent throughout the game today. The pass rush was good. It's crazy that Daniel Hunter actually didn't get any sacks, but he still won up with six total tackles. Overall, very good game. Again, for the uh, the Pats rush, generally speaking, the run defense, I think it could have been significantly better. It felt like Carolina would get what they wanted to when they needed to at times. And Sam Darnold, obviously, <laughs> had some nice uh, little runs, including a 30-yarder that really kept a, a uh, drive alive. Kirk Cousins today also ran <laughs> in the game for a nice 16-yarder. Uh, that was that was a nice feeling, very nice feeling, a very clutch, important first down for the Vikings. Adam Thielen, multiple clutch catches in the game, and he was a big fixture in the offense. Talk is that he may have uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, missed a practice this week, you know, for some reason. Maybe he's banged up or something, or he just was like, okay, screw this. If you're not going to include me in the offense, I've had enough of this. You know, this is my protest, so to speak. 11 catches, 13 targets for Adam Thielen, 126 yards, and he did get a touchdown, had a huge game today. The most clutch guy on the field, I think, was K.J. Osborne, obviously. Pretty much, you know, he didn't put up gaudy numbers, but he had some big moments. Some big moments, obviously, multiple third-down conversions. K.J. Osborne, he continues to make those clutch plays. And then, of course, the game-winning drive in overtime. He brought in a 27-yard catch, denying Carolina an opportunity to ever see the ball in overtime. And thank you, Delvin Cook, by the way, who did have 140 yards on the ground and was awesome most of the game, despite me calling him overrated and all that the last, you know, few weeks and such. I'm not trying to hate on him. It's just he's an expensive piece, and running backs are what they are. They're kind of, unfortunately, it is what it is. They kind of are, you know, they're like almost like rented players, like five years or something, and then they play somewhere else because you don't want to sign them for $130 million. You just don't, unfortunately. That's how it goes. Obviously, he's super talented and he makes big plays, but there's a lot of good running backs you can get in the draft and even in free agency. It's not impossible. They just may not have the elite talent that a Cook has. Um, But in today's offense, it's not all about the Delvin Cooks. It's more about the Patrick Mahomes as if you want to win a Super Bowl. Uh, Generally, though, what I was trying to say about what Delvin Cook did, a very clutch play, was uh, something that Vikings captains in the past refused to do leading into overtime. The uh, the urban legend, how every single time there's a coin toss leading into OT, it's always tails, right? Tails never fails, and it always is. It always is. 
You might think that I'm just crazy and it's a 50-50 thing and it's bullcrap. It's always tails, I swear. It, it's heads once in a while, but I swear it's always tails. Finally, somebody stepped up and called tails rather than Chris Carter and Steve Hutchinson conveniently in New Orleans calling heads because it was always tails in those games as well. And the Vikings lost every one of those freaking games in OT. Because that was back in the day when all, all you needed was a field goal to win the game. Field goal to, to win the game. Yeah, that didn't happen today, did it? That didn't happen. Kirk Cousins is more clutch than uh, Greg Joseph, apparently. And so is KJ Osborne. <sighs> Greg Joseph was okay, but obviously he missed multiple kicks. And a 47-yarder, uh, which isn't that far. It's far enough. But you're supposed to make a 47-yarder at the end of a game, whether it's indoors or outdoors. Greg Joseph, unfortunately, wasn't able to do so. Sorry, I need a little breathing room here. Um, it was a mess of a game. Mess of a game. There was another turnover. I, of course, again, the block punt, which was extremely annoying. It just doesn't even show up as a turnover, even though it was more of a, it was just a block punt. You already are giving the ball away. It's just a field position situation there. Jordan Berry generally had a good game. I mean, he had multiple kicks in the 20. Again, no touchbacks, which is awesome, but and a 47-yard average. But he did get a blocked punt in the game. Uh, not on him, obviously. It was the protection in front of him. And that was a huge turning point in the game for a desperate Carolina team who, again, if this was a decent Viking team, let's say the 2017 Vikings, this game would have been like 48 to 20, 48 to 14 or something. That would have been a complete blowout. Or 41 to... 14. It would have been one-sided. It would have been a blowout in every facet of the game. But the Vikings just seem to want to let teams back in it with stupid penalties, um, giving up key third downs and, and turning the ball over, this and that, and failing due to weird coaching decisions uh, on third and eight, running on third and eight, and then giving up a punt or going for a kick, going for a, just to get an extra three yards when you actually elected to punt earlier in a situation where you were in reasonable field goal position, it wouldn't have killed you, especially with the way the defense was playing, generally speaking. <laughs> it would have, wouldn't have been the dumbest thing ever to uh, go for the kick on that situation. But at the same time, again, go for something a little better than a handoff on third and eight and the typical second and long handoffs. It seemed like the offense, I mean, it, it seemed like they went for it a little bit more today, which is nice. Uh, you know, deep deep pass attempt to Adam Thielen on second and short. or Yeah, second and short, or third and short, actually. It is what it is. Unfortunately, it wasn't completed. But still, it's not the dumbest thing ever. It's nice to go for it once in a while, go for some kind of big play. Would have been better on second and four instead of third and four because the Vikings end up punting. Um, again, key third downs and fourth downs given up, particularly late in the game drove us all crazy, and we gave up another <laughs> drive late in the game, which led to a two-point conversion, which ultimately ended up tying the game. That's what led to extreme frustration to many a Viking fan across the Great Divide in today's game. Felt a lot like uh, last week's game, where the Vikings probably should have blew the Lions out, and we just didn't. We didn't put the pedal to the metal. We didn't put the boot on the throw. We didn't squash a mosquito. We didn't kill a mosquito with an axe, or whatever the heck the, all the different sayings are. We didn't do it. We just didn't do it, despite the fact Sam Donald was an absolute mess most of the game. And, I don't know, it certainly wasn't all his fault, obviously, because receiver after receiver was dropping very catchable passes, particularly Robbie Anderson. I mean, we're talking right in the breadbasket, and he'd just drop them. Uh, DJ Moore dropped tons of passes as well, and sometimes there were incomplete passes 
awkward passes by Sam Darnold. He only caught five passes of the 13 at 10 uh, targets headed toward DJ Moore, but a few of them extremely clutch. Good for him. He did fumble at one point in the game, which gave the Vikings great field position, and we had an upsetting for a field goal attempt in the game. I think that was one of the ones that Greg Joseph missed due to our great, great frustration. He made two 25-yarders in the game and a 38-yarder, so absolutely nothing past 40 yards in the game from Greg Joseph. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, it wasn't a good day for Greg Joseph, necessarily. I was about to give him a Fran Targington award if he made that kick, or at least say he was in the conversation for it, because it would have been another big clutch game-winning kick. But that'll be reserved for somebody else coming up shortly. Again, generally speaking, I thought the Vikings defense was generally good. Um, Tyler Conklin had some huge plays that really helped, particularly late. A 40-yard reception, which put the Vikings closer and closer in position to win the game. What a great play. Kurt Cousins and Conklin completing a 40-yard play. About maybe about eight of the yards were after the catch because Conklin's not exactly the fastest guy in the world. But with an offense like this and the kind of general raw talent on the defense, this Vikings team should be 5-1 and one right now, maybe. Even even crazy enough to say 6-0. and oh. They should be, but they don't have the winning mentality. They don't have the a coach that... Uh, seems to, they don't have a coach that seems to have the guts late in the game. Uh, and generally speaking, always worried about losing. More worried about losing than worried about winning. And that's the big problem. That is the mental uh, weakness that this team has right now. And, you know, a team takes the identity of its coach. That's kind of been the problem this year. That's kind of been the problem. Like when you say the little things are what are killing us, then correct them already. You know, we're working at it to stop them, but the little things keep happening. And that just shows uh, what we're a nine and seven typical nine and seven type of team in the uh, you know sixteen game schedule anyway would be would would have when it could have been a twelve and four thirteen and three type of team. That's what separates the great teams from the crappy ones. Chris Herndon was able to catch a two yard touchdown today. Good for him. After two penalties last week, we got another two two yards instead of two penalties for Chris Herndon. So thank you for the two yards and the touchdown on the play. Uh, which got the Vikings ahead, which was a nice feeling. A bit of a mess, a bit of a weird day, generally speaking, but it put the Vikings up 12-7 to after we had been trailing ever since the little uh, field goal very early in the game on the opening drive. Got us up 3 nothing. Well, opening drive for us, anyway, after uh, Sam Darnold. Yeah, God. That's the other thing. Sam Darnold threw an interception in the first play of the game to, of all people, of all people, Bashad Breeland made the big play, and he actually had probably his best game as a Viking today. In fact, I would say he did. Uh, he was excellent today, generally speaking. He made no tackles in the game because they actually avoided him a little bit, and he deflected some passes. So good job, Bashad Breeland, generally speaking. <laughs> but what drove me crazy, and I was tweeting about it and ranting and flipping out and this and that like I tend to do during games, quietly to myself, is the Vikings had two turnovers recovered. Obviously, you had the interception and the fumble from Carolina on back-to-back drives, and you wound up with six points. Two 25-yard field goals. That, that's just great. So, I was saying how we had two, <laughs> two, we had forced two turnovers in the short field, and you wind up not getting in the end zone in both cases. And we were trailing seven to six. It's like, let that sink in. 
And that was just kind of a symbol of this season, generally speaking, maybe being too conservative. And that leads you to a, a situation where you never get the first down. Instead of you're always trying to go for the little five-yard completion on third and eight. Five-yard completion and hope, hope to God, you can break two or three tackles to get the extra three yards, which doesn't work. It just doesn't. It works sometimes, but not very often unless you have Chester Taylor on the roster. <laughs> it used to work once in a while with that guy during that magical 2009 season. Oh, that's where a third down running back really shows his insane value. It's so nice to have that, but that was then and this is now. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing Alexander Madison in those situations, but I don't know. It's just a different, he's, he's a different player. Um, stuff like that drove me nuts, and that's where you still felt the frustration throughout the game again. The ultra-conservative play calling. Occasionally, occasionally you go for it a little more than we did in previous weeks, and maybe you should because this Carolina defense isn't exactly that dazzling. They had some moments. Occasionally they'd knock away a pass. Occasionally they'd get to Kirk Cousins a little bit, but generally speaking, no sacks on Kirk Cousins. Just a few hurries and rushes. That's about it. So good job generally by the offensive line. You didn't hear anybody bitching and moaning about uh, any of the guards or, or anything like that. Uh, and you also got to see <laughs> you got to see Christian Derrissaw out there now, full-time, full-time starting left tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, and you have zero sacks. So that's interesting. You don't hear us bitching and moaning about uh, Rashad Hill being a turnstile out there. You didn't hear as much about Garrett Bradbury being forklifted, even though he wasn't good. He was probably the worst lineman in the game. So we'll find out how the PFF ranks <laughs> shortly later on, even though I, I, you know, I don't talk about that stuff as much as some other shows might. Uh, he was generally the worst offensive lineman, but what else is new? Uh, Christian Derrissaw, though, off to a nice start. As uh, When I'd watch him closely, he was blocking his man. He was doing a good job. So very encouraging. We finally got Christian Derrissaw. Might end up being a really nice draft pick after all. He just felt extremely frustrated because it was like all-time records, basically, like five or six games into the season, four games into the season, the fewest amount of snaps Vikings rookies had played compared to everybody else in the NFL. It was unbelievable. Well, now you're going to get some. <laughs> you're going to get some snaps, or, or, or in fact, you know, you're going to be catching up now when you have a starting left tackle out there. He's going to be out there for pretty much every snap. At least I would hope so, as long as he can continue to stay healthy. But very encouraging start to Christian Derrissaw's career. That's nice. That's nice. No sacks given up whatsoever, and I thought he was solid. Doesn't look like an all-pro just yet, but we'll see. A couple of weird plays that I thought could have been really frightening. Some some It could have been turnovers. D.D. Westbrook like, refuses to call for a fair catch. Did, did you ever notice that on his punt returns? He would like force catches in traffic. I mean, that's just a fumble waiting to happen, isn't it? A turnover waiting to happen. How many times have we seen the ball bounce off of people and such, and then it magically hits him on the finger, and then guess what? It's a live ball. Next thing you know, Carolina's recovered the ball at the 10-yard line, and a play later, it's, it's 7, or, well, 6, and then leads to 7, so to speak. So that was something that I thought was a little scary, a little frightening. I've been noticing that a bit from D.D. Westbrook this year, trying to force stuff that isn't there. I can imagine the frustration at times, like, come on, i got to get something. I'm sick of this crap. Every single time the ball is punted in my direction, I'm not getting anywhere. Well, it is what it is. They've, they've ruined that part of the game, unfortunately. Maybe they could fix it again, but maybe not. Maybe they don't want some weird miracle plays anymore by special teams, but... 
Some of us kind of miss that stuff. It's a little entertaining at times. Nice to see a nice uh, 40-yard punt return once in a while. Or a 99-yard one as well. It would be kind of fun to watch, but it is what it is. Dalvin Cook again, like I said, very, very strong performance. 140 yards on the ground, almost 5 yards a carry. Just seemed like the, the real Dalvin Cook now. Uh, obviously, there was no pitch count. He looks like he's legitimately healthy. Uh, you also got to see C.J. Ham run for 30 in the game. That was cool on one play. That was exciting. Helped push the Vikings into field position, field goal position, and such late in the game. That was awesome. Great run by C.J. Ham as the blocking was there, and he made a guy miss, and away he went. <laughs> it's stuff like that's always very fun to watch. At the end of the day, uh, lots of players stepped up. Lots of uh, unexpected heroes, like again that C.J. Ham 30-yard scamper. Tyler Conklin, 71 yards, including the 40-yard play with Kirk Cousins on the uh, overtime drive. That was awesome. Awesome, awesome job, Tyler Conklin. He did have a drop in the game, but made up for it nicely there. K.J. Osborne, again, extremely clutch in those third downs and the 27-yard reception, being able to stay just enough in bounds, make the play where he needed to and got over the pylon and help the Vikings get the victory. So, thankfully... The Vikings escape here with the win. Am I dancing on the clouds? Am I super excited? Like, my mom noticed it as well. Like, I just, eh, you know, because I, I was helping them with some stuff at their house real quick as uh, I was catching that. After halftime, I was able to get there just on time, helping them fix some stuff at their house. And she noticed uh, I just was just no emotion at all because you win, you're 3-3, three and three, you lose, you're 2-4. and four. And it's not even about the record. It's about, look look at what's been happening week in and week out. This Carolina team should have gotten their ass handed to them in a game like this. Dropping all these passes and these awful turnovers. You know, opening the game with a turnover, that always spells loss. Remember when Kirk Cousins would do crap like that? We'd, we'd always lose games like that. So, I'm not that excited <laughs> winning a game like this. It feels okay. It's cute and everything. Maybe, maybe things will get cleaned up and the Vikings will be ten times better in three to four weeks, but that's yet to be determined because the schedule is about to get much tougher after the bye, so thankfully maybe the Vegas can clean stuff up during the bye going into things. Let's pass out the awards for the show and move on to segment number two where we'll go around the league and the NFC North. You had Green Bay and Chicago play each other today. Pivotal matchup considering those two teams are, you know, potentially fighting for the division at this point. The Bears did win a game in Las Vegas despite the fact there's a reason why that Raiders team lost. A little little bit of distraction going on in the background. If I feel like it, I'll get to it in segment number two, if I feel like it. I don't want to get too hard and heavy on it necessarily, but who knows? Who knows where my mind's going to carry me. The Fran Tarkington Award winner for today's show, though, it's going to be K.J. Osborne. It, it, I was going with Thielen for the longest time because he made so many big plays, and it reeks of Adam Thielen. It reeks of Delvin Cook. It reeks of Somebody, it's got to be somebody on the defense, but it felt like more of a team effort. Eric Kendricks every week. I mean, you could give him every single week. You could give Eric Kendricks a Fran Targington award. He's he's just that good of a linebacker. I, I feel he deserves more national recognition. Honest to God, he's he's that valuable. I appreciate everything he does. I mean, Bashad Breeland again, very nice game today. Generally speaking, Sheldon Richardson was all right. Harrison Smith had, had some good moments. Patrick Peterson every week is very solid even though he'll have a gaff or two here and there, but what cornerback doesn't at the end of the day? Um, but it's going to go to K.J. Osborne because he was K.J. Clutch. 
KJ Clutch was spectacular. That might be a nice little nickname for somebody out there. Maybe someone will steal it, but I'll go with KJ Clutch. Let's see if I call that the title of the episode. Maybe I will, but uh, great play, and it kept happening, and he continues to be clutch. That's what I love about KJ Osborne. Uh, the Vikings' search for a third wide receiver is over, as far as I'm concerned. They have the guy. They have the guy, and they got him in last year's draft. Uh, initially thought of as a special teams guy. Well, sometimes those special teams guys end up being a hell of a lot more important for your team going forward. He could be a number two receiver all over the league, I think. I, I think he's that good. Uh, as for the Christian Potter Memorial, it's like nobody majorly stood out to me. Generally speaking, maybe Garrett Bradbury, because he continues to struggle despite a day when the offensive line gave up zero sacks. It's kind of hard to pass it out to him, generally speaking. Uh, it, it's just kind of the, the mess of things. Generally speaking, just it's kind of a team thing in this one. How you just let this, this these these guys hang on, uh, the occasional missed tackles and such, poor coverage here and there. I don't want to rip on Cam Dancer, but maybe maybe it goes to him because he got beat on multiple occasions in big moments. But maybe a super gentle version of it to him, because he certainly was not as good as he certainly wasn't as good as Patrick Peterson when he had to go out there. That's the crazy part, and he got beat multiple occasions down that stretch. Uh, Darnold felt a lot more comfortable with Dantzler on the field than Patrick Peterson. So I guess maybe a very gentle one in his case, is that kind of sort of helped the Carolina Panthers get back in a position to possibly even win this game. Yeah, with all that momentum heading in their direction. With that said, and again, if anybody's annoyed with that choice, I, I apologize, but that's what I'm going to have to come up with for today. With that said, we'll take a quick pause and return for some NFL Roundup conversation. We'll have the uh, Sunday Night Football flashing in the background, but until then, we'll get to break. back here on Purple Mafia. Segment number two, we got Sunday Night Football flashing in the background, as per tradition. Seattle Seahawks versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. This could have been the Super Bowl, guys. This could have been the Super Bowl, but yeah, it's not going to be. It probably could have been some of those years, but uh, Geno Smith versus a washed-up Ben Roethlisberger. We just maybe saw the biggest play of the game so far with uh, Homer Simpson running the ball. That's great. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Homer, number 25 of Seattle running the ball about 25 yards or so. I don't know. Okay, sorry for the distraction. Seattle Seahawks or Hogs or Kraken or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, they're... Oh my God, I can't believe what I just did. I just deleted everything. Well, we will we, we'll, we'll be playing the Dallas Cowboys next after the bye. It'll be on Halloween night. Happy Halloween. It's a spook fest. Vikings versus Cowboys. <laughs> okay, sorry. That'll be in U.S. Bank Stadium at 7.20 on this very channel. Channel 11, at least locally here in the Twin Cities. NBC. Isn't that exciting? Yep, it's uh, that game. Vikings 3-3. Three and three. The Cowboys are, well, they're getting better and better. We'll get back to that 
shortly. Tampa Bay Schmucks, no, Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Eagles. The world champion Bucks are now 5-1 versus the Beagles, 28-22. It's, uh, well, the Eagles hung in there for a bit. Jalen Hurts was nothing special. Brady, you know, his completion percentage was high, but other than that, not the greatest game you ever saw. Leonard Fournette got in the end zone twice. Nice little fantasy football showing for him. What is going on? I don't know what the heck this thing tells me. I pressed something that I didn't press. But whatever. Uh, it wasn't the most exciting game ever. It wasn't the best played game ever. It really wasn't. Ryan Suckup never attempted a field goal. Jake Elliott missed one. Stuff like that. It just, you know... Yep, the Eagles never got to Tom Brady. I got something in my pocket making noise that's not supposed to make noise right now. But that's my own fault. You know, whatever. The Bucks won. The Eagles are what they are. La-di-da. I mean, Eagles are not a playoff team. Maybe someday we'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts. I'm not as optimistic as some people might be. I swear, is this thing broken or something? Like, it's not behaving the way I want it to. I'm getting kind of concerned here a little bit. I don't understand it. Hmm. I, th I swear, I think I broke this thing. I wonder if it's, I landed on it wrong or what. It's irritating me like you wouldn't believe. But we'll have to worry about that some other time, I guess. Yeah, I'm just going to have to leave that alone. <laughs> I don't know what happened to this thing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's move on. Tampa Bay Bucks, 5-1. and one, Good for them. They led most of the way. In fact, pretty much the entire time, and that's about all there is to say about this game. It was not that great, but at least you got to see Tampa Bay on Thursday night. That was the cool part. The battle of the bad, the, the other two Florida teams are just awful. They're both 1-5. and five. They're the anti-Bucks. Miami Dolphins lose today to the, well, I guess now the second or third worst team in the NFL. Maybe Miami's the worst team in the league now because they lost to Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, though, to be fair, Oh, goody, Jacksonville versus the Miami Dolphins. Trevor Lawrence did not throw an interception. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence did not throw an interception, so that's that's progress. Good. James Hollywood Robinson, another solid, solid performance. Tua, Tua, Tua. Let's just leave him as Tua rather than the rest of his name. He did throw an interception, but he had very nice numbers, generally speaking. Trevor Lawrence eclipsed the 300-yard mark. Good for him. It's nice to see two young quarterbacks doing well, but it sucks seeing them be 1-5 on the season. Maybe they'll get better and better as things uh, continue forward in the next year or two. But, mm, well, 23-20, uh, Jacksonville beat the Miami Dolphins. We'll just kind of keep, keep going. I mean, I'm glad for uh, Jacksonville to finally win a game. Green Bay Packers versus Chicago Bears will leave alone until much later. Detroit and Cincinnati, much later. Indianapolis versus Houston, another lopsided, crazy, awful Houston team. I guess they're the worst team. I don't know. Who's the worst? Miami Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars, or Houston Texans? Pick your poison. Jacksonville and Miami, you'd hope, has the quarterback of the future. Houston, well, they have Davis Mills, and he didn't play that well today. A couple of INTs and Carson Wentz. A very, very efficient game. Didn't have to throw the ball all that much because Jonathan Taylor was exploding on the scene here with almost 11 yards of carry. Oh, got in the end zone twice. Only Ryan the ball 14 times and had a couple of bursts thanks to some good blocking and some missed tackles by a Houston team that is just completely devastated. 31-3. Oh, I wouldn't want to be the coach or GM or anything there. That wouldn't be fun. But eventually I'm sure Houston will get things right. But not today. <laughs> not today, ladies and gentlemen. 
the Los Angeles Rams, after being beat not too long ago here, back on track again, 38-11 to 11 over the awful Giants. Giants continue to stink like they have the last five years or so. 38-11, to 11, not much again to say. Absolute butt whooping. Matthew Stafford had four TD passes. Daniel Jones, who was emerging nicely late last season and early this year, is regressing massively the last three weeks or so. I mean, this is something else. He really hit, or hit a wall today. Three interceptions. A terrible game, generally speaking. I mean, I guess they're trying their hardest to get something going, and you're getting interceptions in, uh, with uh, Daniel Jones. Three INTs, 51 attempts. Cooper Cup was absolutely dominant for the Rams. I mean, again, I mean, he's like a first-round pick in fantasy, I swear. 130 yards on nine catches and two touchdown receptiones. I mean, good for him. That's some awesome stuff. I'm getting worried about this thing. Hmm. Well, I'll have to worry about it after the episode is done, I guess. Or restart the POS. Or the, not the POS, but the doggone thing. Can I break it? Seriously, I think I... I don't know. I dropped something in so many times. Funny things start happening, I guess. Gosh, I don't know. You can't count on anything in this world. But Sony Michelle, the former New England Patriot, multiple rings, uh, a member of the L.A. Rams. He is a number two running back behind Darnell Henderson Jr. with 78 yards on the ground. Just another blowout there. Kansas City Chiefs blow out the Washington Redskins 31-13. to The Chiefs are another team getting kind of back in the back moving in the right direction, or at least they hope so, at 3-3. Three and three. That, that sounds familiar. But the score should have reflected it a little more in the Vikings game. 31-13 sounds a lot more similar to what, what the Vikings score probably should have been today. 31-13, maybe probably higher scoring, like 38-20 or 38-14. It should have been something like that. Carolina was just awful today, and the Vikings allowed them to hang around and do their thing, and it is what it is. Taylor Heineke is a fish out of water right now with the Washington W's. Every week, he's just kind of mediocre. He wasn't as bad as last week, but still, just not a competitive game, even though Mahomes threw multiple interceptions in the game. But 400 yards, and generally speaking, guys got the job done. Darnell Williams was able to get in the end zone twice as uh, they decided to run the ball a little bit in the red zone this time around due to some of the guys' chagrin. Tyreek Hill did not eclipse the century mark, so way to go, Washington. For keeping Tyreek Hill under 100 yards. That's about it, though. That's about the number one accomplishment the Washington W's did today. Other than they did sack Mahomes three times, so that's nice and everything. And they also prevented Kansas City from getting any sacks on the ever-mobile Taylor Heineke. So that's impressive as well. What more is there to say? Washington is dropping off. They're actually worse than us now, worse than Minnesota. And Kansas City is tied with the Vikings. So I guess maybe I can't complain too much about the Vikings being 3-3 three and because three, Kansas City's 3-3. Three and three. Well, we'll leave that where it is. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens. Remember how much I was talking about the Chargers last week and how well I was talking them up and how great they were and how they just continue to dominate and every week Justin Herbert throws like three or four touchdown passes just elite, kind of similar to a certain purple quarterback plays locally in the Twin Cities. Kind of like that. Nice numbers and everything, at least for Kirk Cousins. Um, well, 
I was talking nice about the Chargers and everything, but they, boy, did they hit a wall today. <laughs> yeah, boy, they're, any tiebreaker they may have had on somebody, they're not going to have a tiebreaker with Baltimore. Baltimore's now 5-1, and one, so after an awful start to the season, getting their butts kicked in the season opener, they've won five in a row. They are 5-1 and one on the season. They had a couple of ugly games to get to 2-1, and one, and they just keep getting better and better and better every week through the Baltimore Ravens, 34-6 to six, over the Los Angeles Chargers. They whooped the crap out of the L.A. Chargers today. And that's impressive to me. Even though Lamar Jackson packed a turn in the ball over again, unfortunately. One of my favorite players in the league, actually. But he turns the ball over more than I would like. Still would love him on my team, to be honest. Can he get it done in a big playoff game? I don't know. We'll see. He's got to do it still. I mean, he didn't last year. He just didn't. And he didn't the year before either. When they were 14-2, and two, they got to get it done. Yep, yep, yep. They actually had a better record, much better record than the Chiefs that year. Let's just shut up now. One touchdown, two interceptions. Devante, Devonta Freeman with a touchdown. Mark Andrews also a touchdown receiving. Devonta Freeman running it in with six yards of carry. Definitely running back by a committee there with Le'Veon Bell a part of things. Three running backs ran the ball into the end zone. Or, yeah, three, uh, Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell. Lamar Jackson ran for 51 yards like he's wont to do. And Devonta Freeman ran the ball into the end zone. Definitely a running happy team. And they do a damn good job of it. They do an elite job of it because it's all over the place. They also have a good pass rush. Only two sacks on Herbert. But still, a good solid pass rush does the Baltimore Ravens have. And they are probably the best team in the AFC at the moment. In fact, I would venture to go that far. Either them or the Buffalo Bills right now. And uh, good on the Baltimore Ravens. The best team in the NFC... And in the NFL at the moment. At the moment. Obviously, we'll pump the brakes. We'll see how things go. But there's a pretty good team in the AFC called the Cleveland Browns who still beat the Vikings despite having a crappy game. And then, uh, just kind of like the Vikings had a crappy game and still won today, I guess. I don't know, but you can't get away with that every week. And then they got their butts kicked last week, and now they got their butts kicked by maybe the best team in the NFL today. 37-14. to the Cleveland Browns drop to 3-3 three and three now, just like the Vikings. <clears throat> but they have the tiebreaker on us. Not that it matters at all, because it's the opposite conference. But there's a team, also team, another team that beat the Vikings, because Greg Joseph couldn't make the kick in that game either. 37-14, to 14, the Arizona Cardinals are 6-0. The Arizona Cardinals are 6-0. Wow. This is, uh, it's, this is fun stuff. 13 wins, 14 wins, copyright Dan Cole. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. Doesn't get much easier than that, does it, Kyler? Hey, Kyler, four touchdown passes. You enjoying yourself yet? DeAndre Hopkins, couple touchdowns. Finally getting a couple of numbers for those fantasy ballers that took him in the first or second or third round, if he slipped that far. The ancient but excellent A.J. Green, who beat our butts nicely. 79 yards. They lost Max Williams, did the uh, Arizona Cardinals. People talking about uh, trying to float an olive branch to the Arizona Cardinals to take on Herndon. Well, why would we do that? He caught a touchdown pass today. Well, no, maybe that's a good way to get uh, Arizona's attention. You want a tight end, bring him in. Bring him in. Just be careful about the penalties, though. He might do something weird and uh, screw something up. And because he forgot the rules, whatever rules they were, heck, I didn't know what the hell that rule was either. So let's just be honest. The NFL is getting more and more complicated with some of the strange rules out there. But uh, that's... Uh, that's sports in this day and age, to be quite fair. 
Man, this thing, maybe I am ready to get in there. Why not? Might be time, huh? Might be time, might be time. <clears throat> Prater made all of his kicks. Matt Prater, that's just what he does. He made a 51-yarder. That's, that's nothing. That's a chip shot. That's like an extra point for Matt Prater. Might as well just have him kick from 50 in the extra points. He'll probably make him. In fact, he might break the, the net, too. He might bust the net right, right, right in half. Just smash right through there and hit someone in the face and break their nose and give them concussion. And that's not funny, is it? Uh, but F Baker Mayfield, uh, he's just, you know, he's just what he is. It's he's I don't know who to compare him to. Case Keenum on steroids. Case Keenum on crack. Case Keenum on steroids, I guess. We'll say that. Maybe we'll go that far. He's a little better. But it's like, yeah, he takes chances and he makes weird mistakes. And, well, Arizona just kicked the crap out of him at the end of the day. And Cleveland's now 3-3. Three and three. That kind of sucks. And Arizona just dominates. And I like Arizona, damn it. I like Arizona an awful lot. And that de deadly pass rush, Marcus Golden and Jordan Hicks this time, each getting two sacks. J.J. Watt, remember that guy? You ever heard of J.J. Watt? Who the heck is that? He got a sack. Three pass deflections from Robert Alford. Jeez. Confusing the poor young man over there. The old Baker's chocolate over there. Baker... Mayfield. Ah, Baker Mayfield. Mm, 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 mm. Well, well, that's how that goes. Uh, Arizona looks awesome. That's about all I got to say about that. My God, they look good. Wow. Uh, well, they might yet, they may very well be another NFL team that struggled forever that gets a Super Bowl before the Minnesota Vikings. They just might. I kept looking for Buffalo and looking for Buffalo. They're Monday night versus the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Four and one Buffalo Bills. They are the only team in the AFC that I think is on Baltimore's level at the moment. Of course, we all know who Kansas City is and all that. We know who they are and they're lurking, but they're not there yet. They're just not. <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders with their new coach, whoever that is, and their 34 to 24 victory over the Denver Broncos and all kinds of conversations swirling about this one about the emails and the inappropriate stuff and this and that he shouldn't have said it I I agree he shouldn't have said it there's no reason to say it but the reaction and the tarring and feathering I mean even locally Lavelli Neal locally most of you know who Lavelli Neal is if you live here locally or maybe even in Iowa used to cover the twins forever hey He's, he's, he's black. Yeah, he wrote for the Twins forever for the Star Tribune. Now he's like a regular columnist like Dan Burrow used to be. Jim Stuhan currently is. Patrick Royce, he's one of those kind of guys. He said, it's bad, but they shouldn't cancel him yet. I mean, it's just like, they shouldn't. That's what he said at the time. And then, I don't know. I, I know it got worse and worse and this and that. But to me, this is a witch hunt. You know, this was a bit more of a witch hunt, I think. And people that have brought up conversations and saying, you know what, if you looked up anybody's email and text message throughout the NFL, players, coaches of all shapes and sizes and colors and such, nobody's innocent of anything. Nobody's innocent. I, you know, I mean, so it's just, that's kind of where I can stand at times. I, that's where some of this cancel culture crap is not good. I mean, there is, there are people that say a lot of mean stuff out there on both sides of the equation. There are. And it's that's just a fact. I mean, you don't have to get mad at me for that. Everybody knows it. And it doesn't make it okay. It's just saying, <laughs> tearing a guy apart and ruining and tearing up his career doesn't exactly make me feel good. It doesn't. It doesn't make me feel good. And again, uh, the motivation behind this is 
got has got to be starting from Roger Goodell, from uh, what's his uh, from John Gruden calling him uh, a pussy. Basically, that was the word that was used. Sorry if that's inappropriate for me to say that on this show, since it doesn't have an E rating on it. You know, for you know, uh, yeah, for whatever, just swearing, <laughs> explicit. That's the word. Um, do I agree with what took place? Not really. Not really. Nothing is private anymore. Nothing is private. Before you know it, you could be in an apartment and then somebody's in the next day, you're fired because you said something in your apartment in the privacy of your home. Kind of like uh, a certain owner of the LA Clippers in the privacy of his home was having a conversation. Was it a nice thing to say? Absolutely not. It's not a good thing to say. I don't agree with what he said. That doesn't mean that you got to have people spying on you, recording what you're saying and saying, oh, look what he said. Because believe me, believe me, uh, just see what it is. Believe me, people of all shapes and sizes say bad things about other people. They do. And that's what I don't like. It's not fair. It's not cool at all. I don't, that, that's why it's like, where does it end? Do you just fire everybody and then there's nobody left except machines? Just machines coaching? Note 10, Coach Note 10, coaching against Coach uh, Apple 7 or Apple 20 or Apple 20.6 or or like Note Note 3.1. Okay, you get the idea. Well, On its 6G phone, because see, this one's got 6G, so it's more likely to be able to get its information to the quarterback faster. So, you know, compared to the 5G one. So this one's a better coach. Plus, it's a little more defensive-minded. You know, it thinks a little differently. But its battery's getting low, so you better plug that thing in. Otherwise, you know, if the battery dies during the game, oh, my, the players are going to be scurrying around, wondering what to do. And next thing you know, we're down uh, 41 to 13 or something. Sounds about like that's our future, if this keeps up. It's getting ridiculous, guys. Guys and gals of all shapes and sizes, of all political opinions. Does it ever get to a point where both sides of the political aisle say, this is too much, can we chill out a little bit? Does it ever get to that point? Am I a radical right-winger for saying that? Am I? Come on. I don't, I don't know. I'll keep going. 34 to 24. Some of you might say, yes, yes. And guess what? That's, you have the right to say that, and I'm just going to let you say it then, because I don't... <laughs> I'm not on board with firing people like that quickly. And, of course, he didn't get fired, but he would have. I mean, he would have gotten fired. Was it the right thing to say? No, it wasn't. Do you have to, Do I agree with it? No, I don't agree with what he said. I don't agree. I mean, who would... I wouldn't even... Honestly, I wouldn't consider calling somebody Michelin tires. <laughs> I wouldn't consider that. It's a little silly. Somebody's lips. That's a little silly. What's the point of it? To me, it's like, what's the point? That's kind of silly. But we'll just keep moving. I better... Stop digging myself a hole here. Dallas Cowboys, they might be the best team in the NFC. Maybe. And that's who we're playing next. Dallas freaking Cowboys. But let's get to the NFC North first. I almost got to that a little early. Let's get to Detroit-Cincinnati. And this is the matchup of two teams that you would have thought in the past like they're very similar. Cincinnati's that cursed team that can't get anything going in the AFC. Detroit's that cursed team and they can't get anything going in the NFC. Well, Detroit can't get anything going. And they had a heartbreaking loss this last week. And this is how much motivation they used. They went back home. They went home to play against the Cincinnati team that's getting a little bit better. But you got to think they're beatable a little bit. They're, they're, they're a little beatable. They were only 3-2. and two. They did, It was a miracle little win for the against the Vikings because we just screwed around and let them beat us. And they are better this year, to be fair. 
But Detroit, after all those guts that they showed in U.S. Bank Stadium, all that guts, all that heart, all that passion, crying in front of the microphone, man, these guys deserve better. They did. Yeah, the fans do too, because you just laid an egg against Cincinnati in your own stadium, 34-11. to 11. Ooh, 34 to 11. Ooh, ah, that sucks. 34 to 11, and Detroit is now 0 6. And I'm not trying to make fun of the Detroit Lions, but it's what's the point? Why do I need to make fun of the Detroit Lions? But it's at the same time, why are you following up a gutty effort like that to be down 34 to 3 in your own house against Cincinnati? Who's, oh, they're decent. They're not that good. They're not the Chiefs. You know, in their prime, they're not the they're not like Arizona right now, who's just hitting stride. With five and a half minutes remaining, they were down thirty-four to three to Cincinnati, a team a year ago that couldn't win a game. Two years ago, absolutely couldn't win a game. Thirty-four to three. Ooh, ugh, that sucks. Ouch. I'm not rooting against Detroit that much, really. I, you know, I'd like to see Dan Campbell have some success. Is it just kind of like they're like bleep this? You know, we can't win. We can't win for losing. You know, against a team that was choking every week late in the games and their coach was crawling deeper and deeper into his shell. That would be Mike Zimmer. Well, we screwed up the play, so... Uh, we screwed up the last couple of weeks in this in this situation, so we uh, we just had to settle for a three-yard pass or, three, or handing the ball off or whatever. It, who knows? You hand the ball off, the running back might fumble. You pass the ball, it might be batted up in the air for an interception, or the wide receiver might fumble. Uh, the quarterback scrambles for it, he might fumble the ball. Uh, the quarterback drops back to pass. Somebody might come up behind him and strip the ball. The co- There's, there is no perfect situation, coach. There is no perfect situation. Welcome to the NFL, unfortunately, even though he's been in the NFL longer than I've been. A, well, not quite that long, but almost. Almost. 34-11, though, back to Cincinnati-Detroit. Mm. I mean, I... I, I <laughs> ah, that sucks. Joe Burrow, nice game. Three touchdowns, Joe Mixon. Almost 100 yards, just... And uh, that Cincinnati offense spreading the ball around. Good job. Good job. Just impressive win, regardless if it's against Detroit or not. Green Bay-Chicago. It looked like Chicago might have some chance, might have uh, some hope here, but now they're tied with the Vikings for second place. Second place is back, folks. We're back in second place. We're back in second place. After screwing around, uh, Bears are up 7 nothing, and then the Packers gradually started to take over. And we all know how that goes. Packers get a 10-point lead. Fields helps the team get back in the mix of back in the mix again, but then Green Bay marches down the field like they always do, and Aaron Rodgers gets the win. Again, he had a solid, solid performance. It's almost boring to look at. Well, of course it is because it's just the same old thing. You're thinking, wow, they might knock the Packers off. No, they're not going to knock the Packers off. They're not going to knock the Packers off. At least they have Khalil Herbert. Yeah, they have Khalil Herbert. That's great. But he had a nice game, actually. But, I don't know. Green Bay is just better, I guess, and we're stuck watching them win again. Isn't that just great? It just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. Green Bay is now 5-1. and one. Mm, Never getting their asses handed to them by the Saints in the season opener. Sounds familiar, just like Baltimore. Yeah, asses handed to them in the season opener. And then, well, rock and roll, ladies and gentlemen. It's been five in a row since. The Bears are a mediocre 3-3, three and three, just like a mediocre purple club that uh, plays about five miles east of here. 
Yeah, let's just go. Let's just keep moving. Dallas Cowboys in U.S. Bank Stadium. Should be a fun, fun Sunday night game. At least I hope so. It should be. Uh, I don't know. Well, put it this way. If the Vikings win this game on Halloween, that's pretty nice. It's a pretty nice win. The Vikings lose the game. I mean, don't be majorly surprised. The Vikings on holidays. It's like everything against us. Despite if Mike Zimmer says you like how this tastes after the Vikings won a Monday night game last year. Or was it Sunday night? I think it was against, yeah, the Cowboys. But I don't know. Who cares? Oh, no, it was, it was against Chicago. That was against Chicago, surprisingly. Um, the Vikings win this one, though. That's great. This is a Sunday night game, of course. Halloween night. Two weeks from now. Mm. We had a nice one like this in 20, uh, 2019. A very impressive victory over the Cowboys. That was when we started having a little bit of faith in in uh, Mr. Kirk Cousins. And literally everything was against us there except the holiday. It was a Sunday night. It was on the road. It was prime time, which are all like Kirk Cousins sucks at. On the road. Hol uh, Monday night. And night, just just night in general, uh, Sunday night, just like night game in general and prime time and all that combination of things. Kirk Cousins, and then he overcame it, and the Vikings won, and all that cool stuff. It felt great, it really did. And then last year he had the Monday night win, which was nice. He got his he got his Monday night victory. Did Kirk and he get another Sunday night victory against the Cowboys, which would be a nice help. It could be a season changing win if the Vikings get the job done. How I pick the Vikings over the Cowboys right now, I'm not really sure. But we'll get back to that very shortly. It was an entertaining battle between the Cowboys and the Patriots today. 35-29, to but the Cowboys end up winning out in OT. As the New England Patriots couldn't keep the Cowboys away from field goal range late. And Greg Zerline was clutch enough to make a 49-yard field goal. And the Cowboys were able to get a touchdown against... The New England Patriots, a 35-yard touchdown play with CeeDee Lamb. Again, fellow draft draftee with Justin Jefferson. Wonderful wide receiver draft it was two years ago in the uh, 2020 draft. Amazing. Two and a half, well, one and a half year ago now. Greg Zerline, clutch as ever. Trevon Diggs had a pick six in this game. Oh, boy. Well, Stephon, Stephon and Trevon. Trevon Diggs has emerged extremely well with the Dallas Cowboys beyond what a lot of people thought he would be. A lot of people thought he would be a decent... Uh, defensive back in the NFL. He's wound up becoming absolutely fantastic. Might be in many Pro Bowls or many years. CeeDee Lamb exploded against the New England Patriots, who have had shown some really nice defense most of the season, but didn't show a whole lot today. Dak Prescott threw for 445 freaking yards in the freaking game. They definitely have an aerial attack. They don't rely on Zeke Elliott nearly as much as they used to. Zeke Elliott was regarded as like the highest was he was like the leading rusher in the league about two three years ago and the Vikings were unbelievable stopping him the entire night and then Kirk Cousins was clutch when he needed to be and to be absolutely Mickey freaking fair Kirk Cousins has been extremely clutch this year but don't forget it's a, it's a it's kind of like a contract year for Kirk Cousins if you hadn't noticed it kind of is because of the cap hit situation we know how that works we do we do New England Patriots couldn't sack Dak Prescott, the whole game. Randy, Randy, Randy Gregory with two sacks on Mac Jones, Mac Daddy Jones in the game, who was actually very efficient outside of the interception. That was the pick six, but that's a very crucial and bad <laughs> inter, uh, turnover when you give up a touchdown on one play there. Tough, tough go there. 
If not for that, who knows? Maybe the Patriots might have won the game. Damian Harris had a very nice day on the ground for the Patriots. Averaged almost six yards a carry, made it to the century mark, and gone in the end zone once. Good for him. Shows that he can run against the Cowboys. You can run against the Cowboys. You can actually be efficient passing against the Cowboys. Their defense is not anything to dance over, but watch out for the turnovers, obviously, and they do have a decent pass rush at times. Trevon Diggs is obviously as valuable as it gets getting those turnovers and such. He's a dangerous guy. He's had some big moments. So their secondary is dangerous. Holy mother of frickin' Moses. Holy mother of Moses. I, I, I don't believe what I'm seeing. In five games, Trevon Diggs has six interceptions. Nine total in 17 NFL games. And there's a plane flying overhead? No, that, or is that a chopper? It's a chopper! Get to the chopper! Run! Okay, sorry. Nine interceptions in 17 games. Did somebody say ball hawk? I mean, I mean, my goodness. Yeah, well, well, Kirk, well, Mike Zimmer, are we going to just settle for three-yard passes the whole game because uh, Trevon Diggs is, is uh, going to get like nine interceptions against us? I don't know. That's unbelievable, though. He had six interceptions already this year. Uh, that's like Pro Bowl already. Like right now, if he got no winner interceptions the rest of the year, that's enough to get you to the Pro Bowl. Six interceptions? Holy shit. Okay, I pardon my French. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Woo-wee. They give up yards, but yeah, they got that guy. They got the guy who takes away the passing lanes and makes you look really, really bad. He's, he's Deion Sanders. He's, he's another Deion Sanders with the interception touchdown type of situation. I knew Trevor Diggs was good, and I knew he was capable of getting the turnovers. I just didn't realize that the number was that high, and I apologize for that. And I'm just blown away when I think about that. Now, to be fair, that was his first pick six. But he still is a dangerous son of a biscuit. Holy crap. Well, all right. Let's see what happens. Are we just going to hand the ball off? And, and if we do, I'm sure we'll have some success as long as we're not behind the whole bleeping game. But obviously our pass defense is, is better than it was last year. Our run defense has been very questionable all season. And Ezekiel Elliott is very capable of being a pain in the ass to deal with. So we'll see what happens. Let's look at the history with the Vikings and the Cowboys. And there is a lot. Dallas Cowboys lead the all-time series, 17-15, to 15, and zero ties in the history of our franchises, clashing since 1961, clashing. Cowboys won the first uh, four, four meetings back in the 60s, all the way up to 68, 21-7, to 28-0 the next, uh, well, like a month later, pardon me, like a week later. What the hell? He played them twice in, in two weeks? That's interesting. A home-and-home. Home. That's interesting. 66 Cowboys win 28 to 17, and then in 68, 20 to 7, and then the 1970 Vikings, the best Viking team at the time that had ever existed, with Joe Kep at quarterback at the time, team that was favored to win the Super Bowl, actually. We won 54 to 13. We said, Get the heck out of here, you stinking jackasses. 54 to 13 in Met Stadium. Vikings lost again the next. Uh, meeting on Christmas Day, and that was a divisional playoff game on Christmas Day. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, you could tell I'm thrilled. Another holiday, another depressing holiday loss. That sucks. I know we beat the Cowboys in the playoffs, but I think it might have been like once. Okay. Otherwise, it's been pretty rough. 
Uh, <laughs> so we lost the divisional game in 71. We were trying to win the, uh, well, actually, that was two years after it because the 69 Vikings, it was still the current year. The 70 Vikings actually were the year after the Super Bowl year, too. What the hell? Because I'm thinking about January 70. Apologize. Yeah, January 70 is when that Super Bowl took place. Frick, we lost on Christmas Day in Met Stadium. And that is not the Drew Pearson push-off. Yeah, awful, awful. NFC Championship game, Vikings defeated the Cowboys in 1973. So that was a big one. The Vikings defeated the Cowboys on the day before New Year's Eve. Defeated the Cowboys and got beat by the Dolphins in 73. 74, we beat the Cowboys again, 23-21. But it was a regular season, early October game. And then the infamous Drew Pearson push-off. Vikings were winning the game. The ball was thrown in the air by Roger Captain Comeback, the original Captain Comeback, Staubach. December 28, 1975. This is a divisional championship. A lot of us thought it was actually an NFC title game, but no, it wasn't. But it might as well have been. Vikings, this, a lot of people swear that was the best Vikings team ever. And they would have beaten, they would have won, they would have won the Super Bowl that year, maybe. I can't remember if it was the Steelers or the Broncos that year, though. If it was the Steelers, I don't know. I don't know. We didn't look good against the Steelers when we played against them. It was just we couldn't even move. Couldn't even move. Same with the Dolphins. What a pain in the butt. And then they'd always get those clutch first downs when we just make a stop and get the ball back and get back in the game. And it didn't happen. But uh, Staubach threw the ball in the air. Vikings led by four. Staubach, well, Vikings led by three. Hurls the ball in the air. Drew Pearson pushes off. Makes a great catch, I guess. And scores a touchdown. Next thing you know, a referee who didn't make the call was at a glass bottle. Smashed him in the face from a pissed off, beyond belief, Met Stadium fan in, uh, on that day. And, man... That's one of the reasons why glass bottles don't uh, no, don't exist at stadiums for so many reasons. Because fans might fight and smash them over their head like in bars in the 1800s or the 50s or whatever. Let's just keep going. Or the 70s. <laughs> yeah, 70s probably. Ugh, September 18th. Vikings lost in 77 in OT. Ouch. That was with Tommy Kramer, I believe. No, Targeted might have been playing in that game. Unless that's the game he broke his leg. I don't know the exact year. Tarkington's final game with the Vikings. Final game. Yeah, this was Tarkington's final game with the Vikings. We got to the... No. This was actually the Tommy Kramer-led Vikings that year. The same year we played the Cowboys in the NFC title game again. Wow. And lost again. Lost to the... Uh, in 1970, uh, New Year's Day. Another holiday loss. 23-6. to Cowboys went on to the Super Bowl. I believe they lost to the Steelers, if I remember correctly. Or maybe they did win. Who cares? It was Cowboys and Steelers, though, I'm pretty sure, in that case. Whatever, right? 78, that next year, Vikings won the game, and you could go on and on and on. Vikings had a huge winning streak in the... Let's just keep going, try to go quickly here. I'm talking too, too long here. 1979, a few months after I was born, Cowboys crushed the Vikings 36-20. It was kind of a back and forth. Vikings won 31-27 in 83. Wow, the 83 Vikings, yep. <laughs> Cowboys beat us. Uh, that must have, that had to have been a playoff game. January 3rd, 1983. Had to be a playoff game, but it doesn't show. Vikings won that game. But the 83 Vikings didn't do that much. Let's just keep going. Tommy Kramer, yep. 
Age of Vikings in October. They say, well, the next season, Cowboys beat us pretty handily. The 44 to 38 epic battle in 1987. Great Vikings team ended up winning that one. Wow, that's epic stuff. 43 to 3, 1988, the greatest year ever. April 13th, Vikings annihilate Dallas. 43 to 3. That was when the Cowboys were terrible. I think it was 88 or 89. They were 1 in 15. Were the Cowboys 93? They beat the crap out of us. 37-20. That was no fun. Cowboys beat the Vikings in overtime. I kind of vaguely remember that one. Extremely frustrating in 95. Helped the Vikings miss the playoffs that year. And then there was the wild card game where they just rolled all, all, all over us. Orlando Thomas had an ACL. That was on December 28, 1996. ACL for Orlando Thomas. It was a fantastic up-and-coming safety, and he was never the same after that. Vikings secondary was awesome that year. And Orlando Thomas was one of the main reasons when you have such a good safety. And after that ACL, he was never the same, ever the same again. It was so depressing. Uh, Vikings then won five times in a row versus the Cowboys. Pretty damn impressive. On the Thanksgiving Day game, Randy Moss had three catches and three touchdowns. 46-36, back and forth, penalized every couple seconds. The game felt like five hours. It was ridiculous. But the Vikings scored 46 points against those SOBs and knocked him down. 1999, Vikings end up beating the Cowboys 27-17 in a game that looked like we were going to lose, and then we took over. Then you had the cute little playoff win where George Jeff George actually scrambled once in the game. It was, wow, he actually ran for a first down. Vikings defeated the Cowboys in a playoff game, finally, for the first time in history. Pardon my, I better edit that out. <laughs> first time in history, the Vikings uh, finally beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. Oh, man. I usually don't drop F-bombs on this show. But the first time in history, the Vikings defeat the Dallas Cowboys in a playoff game. And that must have felt damn good. Uh, <laughs> that must have felt damn good. No question. Because I know I enjoyed it. For And Troy Aikman never played again after that. So good riddance there. He actually had a concussion, if I remember. So maybe I shouldn't joke about that. <laughs> The next few years, Vikings had a couple of good ones. I know, uh, yep, 4 that was when uh, Culpepper had five touchdown passes. That was awesome. Awesome season for him. Vikings lost 24-14 in 07 against uh, Tony Romo and such. That was a fun That was a fun game, but depressing at the same time. And then the Vikings crushed the Cowboys. That was in the postseason, 34-3. That next season when the Vikings were terrible, we beat the Cowboys again because they were just falling apart and imploding on themselves. That's when Wade Phillips was fired later that year, unfortunately for him. And then Jason Garrett took over and was coached forever, which I don't know if a lot of people understood that one. Um, man, that's weird. And then, um, man, yeah, he was coached forever, wasn't he? That's weird. Um, Vikings beat the, uh, no, Cowboys beat the Vikings in 13, a terrible Viking team. 16, that was a back and forth. This was the Mike Prefer game, if I remember correctly. Yes, Mike Prefer was head coach of the Vikings. Uh, Mike Zimmer had issues with his eyes or whatever. Vikings played a hell of a game. The defense was absolutely great, but the Cowboys ended up squeaking it out 17-15, killing the Vikings' chances of making the playoffs, pretty much. It was, a, it was a real shot, though. In 2019, Vikings beat the Cowboys. That was the uh, epic Monday night, uh, Sunday night victory where everybody was like, oh my God, this is legit. And now, here here we go. You know, Kirk Cousins finally got it done on primetime. And then last year, Cowboys edge out the Vikings 31-28.
as the season continues to be more and more frustrating. What's going to happen on Sunday is I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings are beaten by the Cowboys. It should be a close game because every game has been close. Every single game has been extremely close. The biggest loss of the year was the Vikings losing by seven to the Cleveland Browns. So why should I say it's not going to be a close game? I just got a crappy feeling things aren't going to work out in the end and the Cowboys are going to beat us by three, something along the lines of like, I think it's going to be an epic, epic battle. C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is going to get like 150 yards in the game. I think he's going to be huge. Delvin Cook is going to also get over 100 yards on the ground. I don't think that's much of a... It's like a check down pass in terms of like predictions. He's going to get over the century mark for sure in the game as long as he doesn't get hurt. You can definitely run in the Cowboys, but I think the Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb show is going to be fantastic to watch. I just got a feeling the Cowboys are going to get it done. They're having a great season. Vikings are all over the place. It's hard to predict. And if the Vikings do win, this could catapult things in the right direction. Truly. Maybe we're going to Dennis Green it and be perfect in the bye and out of the bye. You know, that type of thing. It would be a very impressive victory if the Vikings get it done. I just think the Cowboys are going to beat the Vikings 35-32, something like that. A last play where they get a couple of completions and then Zierlein kicks the field goal. And the Cowboys get it done, or like say, old what's his name when he's driving down the field, maybe he throws a big interception, or uh, you know, we well, yeah, Kirk Cousins, Kirk McClutchin, or you know, being clutch and all that, and then Trevon Diggs gets a big interception. I think sometime in the game though, Trevon Diggs is going to have a big play that's going to help mess things up down the stretch. But Cowboys win 35-32 in a very epic battle, C.D. Lamb versus Justin Jefferson in terms of the scoring, and we'll see what goes on from there. With that. We'll take a quick break and return with Fan Indirection. Here on Purple Mafia Fan Interaction segment, let's jump into Twitter right away. No Collins once again, which is a bummer, but it's okay. It is what it is. Okay, good. I'm glad this didn't jump around too fast. Yeah, I love this. Uh, Tene Brown says, KJ Osborne for the win, no doubt. He wasn't tweeting it to me, but cool that I saw it. Hmm. Won $400. What, what's going on? Did you win $400? Wow. I wonder if he did. That's impressive if he did. Cam Dantzler. So for, was it like three weeks in a row or something? Well, like three, the third time this year I see a significant uh, tweet from Cam Dantzler or Bashad Breeland. Last week he told the fan base that they can they can do something with his Johnson, which is unbelievable. They can shut the bleep up or, or do something with his Johnson. It's like, really, dude? That was the weirdest thing ever. And then he went out and played better today. So, yeah. And Cam Dancer last week was saying he didn't understand what the hell, like a few weeks ago was saying he didn't understand what's going on here, blah, blah, blah. Like, why is he not playing? He was trying to keep it subtle, but I want to bite my lips, but blah, blah, blah. But I'm not biting my lips is what he really was doing. Cam Dancer today says, sorry to disappoint on the fourth down, but great team win. Let's keep it rolling. Okay, thank you, Cam. That's a little better. Cam Dancer, that's a little better than the other weird tweet that annoyed some people, apparently. 
Phil Mackey, I'm just going to read it for the hell of it because I'm seeing it. Dear NFL head coaches, if you really trust your defenses, stop bunting on, punting on fourth and short from opponent's territory and go for it. Yeah, that was really dumb. I was bringing that up in the first segment. If you come up short, don't worry. You trust your defense. Yeah? Just like, yeah, yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? Just like how he was saying, uh, my, uh, Zimmer was saying he trusts his defense with the, um, trust his defense by punting. That's that's quaint. Yeah, you trust him so much, don't you? <laughs> Christian Derrissaw, I just gave him a follow and welcome him on board. I didn't realize I hadn't followed him yet. Cool. Well, Christian Derrissaw starting left tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. How does that sound? Doesn't that sound nice? And God bless, you know, Rashad Hill. Thank you for your service for this club. It was a bummer. It was frustrating but at, at times, but occasionally you had a heck of a, you know, you had some good games out there. So God bless him and, uh, you know, thank you for your service for the Vikings. And uh, now here we go. Uh, here we go, Christian Derrissaw. So on the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, episode 351, Enter Sarcasm Here is now on all podcasts. KJ Okay, that's just KJ Clutch. Yeah, I want to call him that. I want to call this episode that. I hope I can remember. KJ Clutch. Luckily, I was able to edit out the cursing that I did, major curse word that I said in the last segment. KJ Clutch has got to be the one. Got to be the one. Okay. Anyhow, Danae Brown and... Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, Vince Germano out of Australia, and Malcolm McSween out of California retweeted the most recent show. Thank you guys so very much. Tanae Brown tweeted this out. Uh, put the ball in the hands of the guy making all the money. It says, Red Hot, Kirk Cousins, this is Score North, Red Hot, Kirk Cousins has been on fire over the last 15 games for the Minnesota Vikings. Last 15 games for Kirk Cousins, 110.1 quarterback rating, 4,186 yards, 34 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 70% completion percentage, kind of like a Brett Favre type of season there with Minnesota. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, he deserves a hand there, no question about it. Well, he got the job done. He got the job done, with all due respect. Got the job done a couple of drives earlier this season where he should have been the hero, not, not just a part of a frustrating drive that didn't work out with a fumble or a missed field goal. Kirk Cousins has put the Vikings in in opportunities to win games. He's, he's, he's put us there in position to win games. Pardon me. Black space. What was the thread here? Did it get deleted or something? Because it's blank. Okay, and here's the one. If pro sports is too woke and you are sick of it. Yeah, it's just a guy nodding. Yep, and that's true. Yep, it's, it's frustrating. I don't disagree with it. He says, when I... Black Space Sebastian Barton out of Mankato says, when I make up my mind to not watch the Vikings in the NFL this week due to the woke BS and the real reason Gruden got randomly doxxed. Tough choice, but I'm content. He's just like, yep, nodding nodding their head like, uh-huh. Um, yeah, thank you. Vince Germano's tweeting me, or not tweeting or messaging me about the Timberwolves Explosion season preview. Shameless plug, Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Do check that out. I just did the season preview. And, yep, Vince Germano, very happy about that one. Of course, I just mentioned him. He retweeted Purple Mafia. Yeah, I'm telling him, thank you very much, brother. <laughs> just in case he's listening, big Cleveland Browns fan, of course. And I like the Browns, too, damn it. I don't blame you, though, Sebastian, for being very frustrated with the direction of a lot of things right now. Mad Martin was saying, are you feeling optimistic? That's when things started fairly good. And why am I not seeing any response? I was saying, if I was, it's certainly gone now. That was when things started to change dramatically. 
after the cute little drive at the beginning of the game. I was saying nice touchdown, but of course can't convert the two. That was when the Vikings were trying to even things up with the weird random scores, and somehow it did, just because it did with all the field goals and such again. Another one of those weird weeks. Mad Martin was laughing about something I'd said. Oh, yeah, because it was, it was certainly gone now. The optimism right on, brother, because I was saying, oh, goody. Yep. Now, this is my sarcastic Michael Savage side right here. Oh, goody. More phones you can dance in front of on TikTok. So important. Don't know how I, how I get through the day without knowing that. Take your TikTok and shove it down your throat. I have spoken. That's how I feel about a lot of these stupid commercials with TikTok in it. And I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. It's one thing to adjust to a younger generation. There's eventually a cutoff. I am so sick of it. Take TikTok and burn it, please. Somebody burn TikTok for me. It's the most idiotic thing in the history of the planet. Is that all people want to do now? Is dance in front of their phones? And then everywhere you go, oh, we're short-staffed, we're short-staffed, we only have two waitresses right now, or wait, we have only two servers right now. So despite the fact that one-fourth of the tables are taken, you got to wait 20 minutes. Well, we're short-staffed at the, at the car shop. You, it might take three days to get your car back. We're short-staffed at McDonald's. We're short-staffed at CarX. We're short-staffed at Perkins. We're short-staffed at, at the gas station. We're short-staffed at Boston Scientific. We're short-staffed. Stop dancing in front of your damn phones and get back to work. Stop making dancing in front of your phone the most important thing in the world. I could rant forever about that. Oh, my God. TikTok is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Oh. It is the most obnoxious thing. I hate TikTok. Can I say that again? I hate TikTok. I don't care. And, and you know what? If I was 17, I would hate TikTok. Believe me. You think I'd be like, oh, it's a new cool thing. No, I wouldn't. It sucks. It's ridiculous. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Next. I was saying, can't, can't take this anymore. Holding on your holding on your return, yep, when you're returning the ball and you fumble it. That's just terrific. Yep, we fumbled but recovered it. Glad we recovered it, but still, take us now, Lord. We're ready. And then Matt Martin says, we, I was ready last week. Yep, take us now, Lord. We're ready. Like, take us away. Oh, man. Yep, they were saying this ultra-conservative offense is bleeping garbage. I did write the F word. Yeah, I was losing my mind. I apologize if anybody didn't like that. I don't care who I offend by saying it. I'm done with this. Fire these idiots. You're telling me we couldn't have done better than a five-yard pass there? Yeah, that was, what, third and ten. And we did a five-yard pass. Or, yeah, and it was in the red zone. And we ended up settling for a field goal. And that was when we made it uh, six to seven. It's like, let that sink in, guys. Let that sink in. It was so frustrating. It was so frustrating. Yeah, it really was. And then uh, Mad Martin says, I was thinking exactly the same thing. Mad Martin, out of northern Scotland, by the way. I was thinking exactly the same thing at the time. Open the bleeping playbook. No doubt. I was murder watching it. There's no way they can't do better. And then Mad Martin says, bend this way under Zimmer for way too long. Yes, it has. I was saying how I probably pissed off more than half of the Viking fans that actually follow me uh, with all my tweets today. Mad Martin said, not me. I want to see a bleeping trophy before I die. And I responded to it somewhere. I said, amen, brother. That's all I'm concerned with at this stage. I couldn't care less about even getting to the NFC title game. If it's just another empty or heartbreaking loss. It, yeah, it, it, if it's just another empty or heartbreaking loss. Even losing the Super Bowl still feels sad and disappointing. Got to get the championship. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I clicked far away here. I don't know what the heck. Oh, wow. There's, yep. Yep, let's go, let's go, let's go right now. Let's keep going if I can. I keep bumping into stuff and now all of a sudden messages pop up out of nowhere. Not that I'm complaining. It's nice to actually get messages. Yep, there he is. Mad Martin says, here we go. Third and long and hand the ball off. For the love of God, take a chance and go for a big play. I was saying it's it's so predictable at this point. It's so maddening. Mad Martin says, second and short and they run a big... And they run. A big bleeping play would be nice. Another game that will go down to the wire. If they lose, great. Like, I've had enough of this conservative play-calling crap. Yeah. It's tiring, man. In a word, garbage, said Mad Martin. Yep. Malcolm McSween says, I feel like we should be obliterating this Panthers team. So frustrating. Playing against ourselves. You nailed it, Malcolm. We should have been obliterating them. Where's the sound coming from? <laughs> we should be obliterating them. It's unbelievable. Uh, Mad Burns says, I wonder I wonder how we screw this game up. We almost did by giving up a two, touchdown, a two-point conversion, we did, which we did give up two weeks in a row in the last minute of the game. Uh, Black Space, that would be mad. Uh, Sebastian Martin says, hashtag Fire Zimmer, responding to how I've maybe pissed off the whole fan base. Mad Burns says, well, they've surpri surprised us in the second half. Thirty uh, Three and three at the bye. Now it gets interesting. Another game down to the wire. Another win. Big deal. The next four games will tell us what we need to know about the 2021 Vikings. And that's not a championship contender. New coaches and new ideas needed and perhaps come 23-24 we will be. I hope so. I hope that something good can happen in the not-too-distant future here. Oh, man. For sure. It is uh, crazy, uh, crazy stuff going on out there though, with the Vikings this year. It's just, it's it's so unpredictable and so hard to say. But then again, it is predictable in certain ways. Tony Brown wraps up the Twitter section, says, was hoping to get a recording in, but OT made me late for work. Oh, that sucks. Yep. Ba th thanks a lot for missing the kick, Greg Joseph. Basically, Zimmer needs to let Cousins make plays and be the reason the defense stays fresh and off the field. No point running clock when you are only in there for three plays. Cousins has multiple. Mm -hmm. Okay, he like continued the tweet. Has multiple talented receivers and opening up the offense. We'll only be positive for the run game. Cook had a good day, but it wasn't really efficient. An efficient run game is a lot better than what we are currently trying to do. No question about that. Good, you nailed that. That was a great way to wrap up the Twitter section. Great job, Tene Brown out of New Zealand. Let's go to Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. I'll try to keep this moving as best possible. Let's look at the in-game thread a little bit. It was pretty active today. First, we'll go to the most recent episode. Mark Carls is at downloading and listening as I mow the yard today. That's awesome, and that's a great way to do it. That is a great way to do it. And now it's gone. Bring the comments back. Well, it shows two comments, and then it doesn't show two. Whatever that means. Just show the comments, please. Because they're all relevant. Uh, they're all, what's the word, relevant. He says, this game is dragging on and on with dumb penalties in both teams. And yeah, they're everywhere. That uh, face mask was so frustrating, <laughs> to say the least. Wow, I got a little, little bit going on here. 
Fred McCarthy was saying, oh, it should never have come down to all that. Yep, it shouldn't have all that. Uh, oh, missed two-point conversions cost us the game. Yeah, because we kept trying two-point conversions and kept failing. It was stupid. It was uh, it was stupid. Mike Dale was saying, can I say Vikings are very lucky that these Panthers receivers have been dropping balls all game for Sam Darnold? It's inconsciousable. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really was. It was so stupid. Defense coming up big again. Yep, Dave Hickey was impressed with the defense. I was too. Mark Allen says, hey, maybe despite all the penalties, we may win this game anyway. Thank you, Vikings defense. Defense coming up huge, according to Mike Dale. Brad McCarthy says, block punt. Wow. Yeah, that was really annoying. No offense in the second half. Stupid penalties killing the Vikings. We don't deserve to win this game. Unreal. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, very frustrated multiple times there. Mike Dale out of the New York State area says, I'd like to see the percentage of plays with penalty flags thrown versus regular plays without penalty flags. This game is completely unwatchable with all these flags. It's like watching L. Davis' era Raiders. Yep, remember that? Offense scrimmaging against their defense, completely undisciplined. They got so many flags back in the day. Remember that? Leland Albertson out of Iowa says both teams seem pretty equal the first half penalties, missed cues, drops, mediocre quarterback play. Yep, both teams are about equal, and they kind of were, weren't they? Mike Dale said, why, why, why don't these re- don't these receivers wait until they hit the first down six before cutting their routes? Is it just poor play calling again? It drives me nuts. Yeah, I've been wondering that forever. Because we're talking, you need you need five yards and you stop at you stop after gaining three, or you need eight yards, you stop at five. You need ten, you stop at eight or six. It's just maddening beyond belief. Uh-huh. Mark Carlson said, "Wow, what a start!" He was excited about that. Hey, Purple Mafia show fans, Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, "The only thing worse than this game is the stupid, annoying, and fantastically dumb commercials." That I have had to endure during the breaks. I need a beer. Yep, especially those stupid, uh, that, that stupid Samsung commercial. I like Samsung phones, but not that commercial. It makes you not want to buy one. That 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 Samsung phone that flips upward, so that girl could dance in front of the camera to do TikTok. It's just like, I'm so sick of it. I don't care if the girl's good looking or not. By the way, you know, come on, uh, come on. Can't we be better than that? They're just dancing in front of a camera. Pittsburgh's up fourteen nothing as we head near the half here, and they have the ball. Trying to score one more time. It is fourth down. Are they going to kneel? Are they going to kneel? No, I don't know. Let's see. Maybe they're kicking a field goal. I don't even know what the situation was. I haven't been paying attention. I've been locked into this thing. Mark Carlson says, you and me both, bud. Most Vikings games, I feel that I need to be at least slightly medicated to ensure their constant shooting of themselves in the foot. And then there's Samuel Adams' Oktoberfest. Mike, this beer is for you. Sam Adams' Oktoberfest to Mark Carlson. Ah, and Mike Dales is back at you, Mark. Oh, wow. That's the one that people have been talking about a little bit there in the YouTube and such. Shalify, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Pumpkin Ale, the Shalify version. And it is from out east, if I remember correctly. Let me know, Mike, how that is. Let me know how that is. I'm guessing you've had it in the past. And this isn't the first time. Very interesting. I've heard that one like won a contest of uh, so somebody on YouTube, just a random, just a, a girl on YouTube who's like does reviews, like a lady on YouTube. A lot of people do beer reviews. They had a ton of pumpkin ones, like including Pumpkin, which is right over about that's from like a New York, yeah, that's from the state of New York. It's a city there. I forget what city. It's about eight feet away from me right now. Four pack of Pumpkin. I get that every October, September, October, and save, save at least one for Halloween night. An Imperial Pumpkin Ale. Um, I like it, personally. I've been getting it since about 10 years ago. Um, 
Yeah, about 2010-ish. Yeah, I've been getting it for many years. It's a wonderful pumpkin, like Halloween-ish time beer. Uh, yeah, let me know. But yeah, that was one of them. And then that, that I'm pretty sure it was the one that uh, Mike Dale has photographed there as the uh, that, that, that she liked the most. The girl said, you know, that one wins. Kind of cool to imagine that. Uh, let's continue. Brett McCarthy was saying, and now we can't move with the ball in the second half. Yeah, that was really frustrating. KJ Osborne, yeah, Mike Dale was very excited about that. And he had a couple of clutch plays. Uh, wide right, yeah, Leland Albert said he couldn't believe it. Mark Carlson, number 30, Ham! Yep, he loved him. Ham was able to get that one. That was really cool. Very excited about CJ Ham from Duluth. Mike, uh, right. Was that the left foot or the right one? Yep, it's a missed kick. Oh, man, yeah, that was heartbreaking. Another one of those. I, I was hoping he was going to make it, partially because I didn't want to go to OT. Just want to go outside and enjoy myself. Though sometimes I do bring the phone with the live game on it and the, you know, nice earphones on. And, I, and it still sounds like I'm right in front of the TV just to breathe in that wonderful air and see the, the leaves while I'm watching the game. So there, that is an option, thankfully, for myself, being a Verizon person. Mike Dale was saying, holy, holy Christ, did, uh, did my eyes deceive me? Did Bashad Breland just make a big play? That was way back at the beginning of the game, but that was, yeah, that was awesome. Yep, he was shocked. I remember that very well. Oh, Dave you better make this kick. Stay tuned. He freaking missed it. Bullshit. I bet they lose now. Sorry for my doubts. Who can blame me? Nobody, Dave. Nobody can blame you. Dave from Iowa. I knew they would tie it up for you. Missed two two-point conversions. Yeah, that's four points off the board, or at least two points off the board. Yeah, four points or two points, depending on how you look at it. Well, what a game so far and all that. Dave Vicky was saying they better not blow this game. The offense is pretty stagnant, other than the two touchdowns in about a two-minute stretch, missing two-point conversions and stupid penalties. Another nail-biter, fourth and sixth. Do they get it? Yikes. Freaking touchdown. Bullshit. Yep, I remember. The, yep, that was against us, of course. Dave Vicky was saying so predictable on the play calling. They need a deep one to JJ since they missed earlier, but... But no, they run Dalvin, who loses yards, and got a field goal range. Oh, oh my God, that was bad. Remember? Yep, it's funny, though. That was another thing where Kirk Cousins missed, uh, was it K.J. Osborne? Or, yeah, it was Jefferson. He was he had, he had was wide open, or he'd become wide open. He'd beaten his, his man. He makes the catch. It's easily a 50-yard touchdown. Easily. It was 50, 60-yard touchdown. And, unfortunately, Kirk Cousins just missed him. Just missed, overthrew and missed him. Um, but luckily, K.J. Osborne would be the hero later on. K.J. Clutch would be the hero later on. K.J. Clutch. Let's get to the post-game thread and move on with the show here. Move on with the night as well. And then, uh, yep. Brett McCarthy says, Seymour. Okay, let's get to the Seymour. Let's share the all the comments. Damn it, anyway. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, says, should never, should have never come down to that play calling, uh, to that questionable play calling, two missed two-point conversions, that should have been extra points. Kicker needs to find a new kicker. That was another thing I want to get to. So, here's the thing. I was kind of thinking this during the game. Every time we talk about getting rid of a kicker, and then we bring in the next guy, and it's, you know, we go through the same thing. Uh, Bailey and Carlson and all that. Uh, I think we can stick with Greg Joseph for now. I'm, I'm annoyed a little bit. He's missed a couple of big ones, but he's made a few big ones as well. Uh, eventually, it's just like hell with it. Just stick with him. 
until you just know beyond you know you have a Justin Tucker, Matt Prater. If, if you know you can get a guy like that, like another, like a newer version of somebody like that, go for it. But until then, I think, I think I'm okay with Greg Joseph for now. Because at least you know he's, he can get the distance at times. I mean, we, we've had kickers that couldn't even kick the distance sometimes in those long ones. He's capable of doing it. And that 55-yarder and 54-yarder last week was extremely clutch. Indoors or not, they, those were clutch. Uh, the 49-yarder annoyed me today. I won't lie about that, but, well, it really did. He didn't miss by much, but it did, it did annoy me. Dave Hickey, Iowa, of course, says, The Vikings seem to get in these nail-biters every week. Yes, they do, because it's their fault. Stupid penalties and other mistakes, and the stupid play-calling. I feel like this is a curse in the history in the history of the Vikings that we never seem to get the calls like holding on Daniel Hunter on a fourth down play to send it to OT. Hmm. Yep, yep, I, I know what you mean there. And how and how he missed both two point conversions when I when I could see maybe once trying it. Yeah, maybe once, yep. Zimmer has had a real bad history of poor clock management, timeouts and challenges. Luckily we got the call on Cook's touchdown, but I thought they review all touchdown plays though Zimmer shouldn't have challenged it, yeah. Kind of scary, isn't it? Tony Coleman responds to him out of South Dakota, says he challenged it because they ruled him down at the one. He ch- His challenge turned it into a touchdown. It wouldn't have been reviewed if he hadn't thrown the flag. So, okay, that's a good call, Tony. Mark Carlson says, out of Iowa, I could cheer with enthusiasm one moment and curse with anger the next. I am a Vikings fan because no lead is safe, ever. We will find a way to lose. Just watch. I am a Vikings fan. We hope, we get hope when we beat teams we shouldn't, and that hope is crushed when we lose to teams we should own. I am a Vikings fan. Whether it's Herschel Walker or Brett Favre on this, or Brett Favre, this team has always seemed to pay too much for a for a win now strategy. I am a Vikings fan. Mark from Iowa. That was pretty good. Tony Coleman with his main post here, says two missed two-point attempts, missed field goal. It should have been 35-28, to 28. even before that final missed field goal. I'm tired of it always coming down to a kicker. The rest of the team should be preventing that from even being the premise. Yeah. In the end, a win is a win, but that last Panthers drive was ugly. I can't help but think that if Carolina had won the OT toss, we'd have a different result. Glad to be at 500 and second in the North. Yeah, it's very possible he would have lost that game. But thankfully, tails never fails. And we finally figured that out after like 50 times. <coughs> Excuse me. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Leland says, Seems like the wins going forward are going to be like the last couple. Ugly wins full of mistakes, but it's still a W. Mm-hmm. Mike Dale says, Oh, man, this was a wild one. So ugly with all the stupid penalties. It was unbearable at times. The defense held up, bended, but didn't break. I am worried that Patrick Peterson's hammy is effed, which is never a quick heel and can hamper players for an entire season if not handled properly. That is scary. The Vikings defense needs him healthy, which is concerning. I get the feeling that Clint Kubiak still treats this offense like he's driving a Ferrari like a four-cylinder Chevrolet with over 300,000 miles on it. I still feel 
like these guys can put up 30 points a game on a regular basis if they just took off Clint's training wheels, a.k.a. conservative play calling. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, field goal, field goals hit versus drop Panthers pass, uh, receivers passes, two extremely flawed teams that have no aspirations for winning a Super Bowl this year. That said, a very, very fun game to watch and get the win. Hey, the Vikings may have the best 1-2-3 receiver corp in the league. Big skull to Thielen, Osborne, and Jefferson, who had a rough start with the fumble, but the cream always rises to the top. Who were, uh, yep, he was saying how those guys were, uh, they were very dependable and made the eventual win a reality. Skull, yep, that was pretty cool. John Swenson says, Kirk Cousins is finally getting the respect he deserves. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, John. And Mike Dale, is there more? That might be it. I think so. I think that's it, huh? Well, I think that is. <laughs> that was really well done, guys. Really appreciate everything you had to say. I, I really, truly do. That was awesome. So, where do we go from here, boys? Where do we go from here? Well, again, like I talked about the Cowboy game, we'll see how that goes. I think it's going to be close, high scoring like every other game, well, for the most part, except the Cleveland game was not high scoring. <laughs> so take that as is. Uh, but time to pass out the stars for the show and wrap things up here, if humanly possible. And I keep screwing up the whole Vigit thing. Let's do that here right after the star. The, no, I'll do it before. The Vigit application. I need to do this after the second, uh, first segment, at the beginning of the second. Social media for sports bettors. It is an application for Apple and Android devices. Social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit betting leagues. A month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook, bet-free coins, win real prizes, betting stats. There is great information available on Vigit Lake Line Movement, where the public is betting. This is not real money wagering. It is like fantasy betting, but I encourage you to jump on board because it's a lot of fun to do. A lot of fun to do. And you can also use it as a cheat sheet as well to see where things are going. So... There you go. Do jump on board. The uh, referral is Paladino Live. One word, Paladino Live. It'll be in the show description. Now let's get to the stars of the show. The golden star, the gold star for this episode, Dave Hickey. Uh, awesome. Dave Hickey, gold star for this episode. It could go all over the place. Certain people are going to get it. There's going to be multiple silvers, I think. I got to think. Man, man, man. This is so tough. God. Mark Carlson, Mike Dale are going to ring in the silver. Mad Martin. Mad Martin. Sebastian Barton are going to ring in the bronze. Mad Martin, Sebastian Barton. <laughs> Mike Carlson, Mike Dale. Yeah, Mark Carlson, Mike Dale. Bring in the silver. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mad Martin and Sebastian Barton. Okay, that was cute. But that is your gold, silver, and bronze stars for today. No doubt about it. Thank you guys so much. And the rest of you as well are just so awesome. Like, uh, Tanae Brown deserves a bronze. Absolutely. He's awesome as well. So from that, we're going to get to some more contact details. Please do write a positive rating for Purple Mafia on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or Audible. would be greatly appreciated. Audible is Amazon. Stitcher is Stitcher. And Apple Podcast is Apple Podcast. It would be great to hear from you on there. Please do write a positive rating. It would be greatly, 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 greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance for some of you that might do that. Um, so the next thing is 
please do jump on board. Would you like to hear your voice on the fan interaction segment? Would you like to lead off the fan interaction segment? Don't be shy. Please don't be shy. There's no reason to be. Do you think I'm going to come on here and make fun of you? Even if you're like anti-Vikings, but let's try to keep it towards uh, football at the very least. You think I'm going to come on here and laugh at you and call call you names or make fun of you? If you need something edited, let me know. Otherwise, I'm not real picky, this and that. But if you need, really want something edited out, let me know. Like, don't be scared. Don't be paranoid. Open any free smart or any smart device on the planet. And there are free applications on every smart device on the planet that are voice recorders. Open it up. Press record. Treat it like a phone call. And then start conversating on there. Uh, treat it like a phone call. Give your comments, questions, concerns, and all that fun stuff on there. Keep it around five minutes or even a little longer. It's totally fine. But it's it's how it goes. Uh, it'd be great to hear from me. It really would. I will then convert it into an MP3 file. So you would send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. I would then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to zumzar.com. Really appreciate what they bring uh, from there. And then you'll lead off the, uh, the segment again. So record it. Hit stop. And then share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Again, this will be in the show description. And I would then convert it into an MP3 file so I can put it into the editing software, editing software called Audacity. With that said, hope you guys have a great week. I really do. Uh, I will not be doing a show next week, of course. We'll be back for Cowboys and Vikings conversation. It's going to be tough to say when that show is going to be released, though. There is even a small chance that I might not be able to do it. But odds are I will be able to find a way to get that show done at some point. It's tough when it's those weird night games. It's really tough to do, depending on how the schedule is. Halloween night into Monday morning. But possibly, because I do believe the regular lawn services will be completely done by then. Will I be able to record the next morning? I think I will, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? And if I can't, I can't. But I'll try to figure out something and do my best to get it out. That's just a heads up. Night games are tough for me sometimes until the lawn season is over. Or it's a rainy day or whatever. Or just don't have to do anything that minute. With that said... Again, have a great week off from the Vikings. Hopefully they can get healthy and ready to go, especially Patrick Peterson and any other guys that may have injuries we don't know about. Relax, enjoy that fall weather, enjoy your pumpkin ale, enjoy your Oktoberfest, enjoy your uh, chocolate peanut butter porter from Lupulin or Bad Weather Brewing uh, uh, IPAs or whatever else they might offer. With that said, take care, God bless, and we'll see you in two weeks. (laughs) 